I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, where I pick the podcast and I shut my cackle. <laughs> that sounded like the Dracula, like monster movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I went like Halloweeny. No, it works. It's perfect. perfect. I love it. Love it. <laughs> So today we are going to be discussing the seventh episode of the fourth season of Supernatural titled It's the Great Pumpkin, Sam Winchester. Jamie, what did you think? Sounds correct. It's a Halloween episode. It is a Halloween episode. I Okay, look, Sam Winchester's in the title. Let's talk about Sam first up. Okay. okay. Yes. I... I love the very, very speedy pipeline from it's an honor to meet you to these guys are fucking assholes. Okay, so do you remember, I can't remember if this is something that we talked about on the pod or if it's something that I just said to you outside of recording, but there is a Tumblr post that I have got prepared to read you. Oh, wow. It's very short. But it's the scene where Sam and Cass meet. You know how sometimes fandoms will take, like, a scene and they'll just like rephrase it in like a meme format yeah so episcopal winchester okay who it appears has since deactivated, deactivated yeah. because i tried to go to their actual page and it said there was nothing there yeah that could be tumblr just being tumblr but mm-hmm. look post says i forgot how funny the sam cast meeting is sam is like oh my god mr angel sir it's an honor and Cass is like greetings blood freak and literally, the term greetings, blood freak, is such a fandom meme at this point. It's everywhere. It's great. It's one of my favorite, just like, bizarre lines. And it's not from the show, but it's close enough to the actual line that it's it's just so funny to me. So if you ever see the term greetings, blood freak, that is where it comes from. And I adore it. <laughs> but yes, we finally get Sam meeting Cass. Uh, and we get both the boys meeting their second angel, Uriel. 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 No, third angel. The trickster's an angel. Oh, for fuck, Jamie! <laughs> I am uh, the trickster's an angel trooper. <gasps> okay, the second canon angel, <laughs> Uriel. So, how how are we feeling about Sam? How are we feeling? Yeah, how are we feeling about Sam? Okay, so... <laughs> Let look. It, let's just frame his sort of like using of his psychic powers as like an addiction. Like he relapsed really quickly, real hard. It was like three episodes, not even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One point that I wanted to make this episode is that Sam is really not good at following orders. Just generally, like the conversation that he has with Uriel at the very end of the episode, it kind of boils down to that, which is that Uriel is saying like, "You've been told." multiple times don't do that we are concerned by what will happen if you do that stop it yeah exactly and we Sam's don't like, know what imagine if okay, okay. Oh, your, your eyes just went so wide and bright just that i'm really so scared of what you're about to say so, 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 <laughs> so there's the 66 sills right yeah what if one of them has something to do with sam <laughs> like there is a certain line that if he crosses it, that's breaking a seal. Ooh, that's spicy. And they can't he, just kill Sam, because if they kill Sam, then Dean will never work with them. Yeah, and oh, I had a theory about that too. Okay. Ooh, oh, it's 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 a, it's an update, not an old theory. But, okay. Okay, so there are, like there, the whole point of this is they're trying to summon Lucifer, right? That's what they're trying to do. They've oh. said this multiple times. Yeah, so the demons breaking, are trying to breaking break Lucifer all the out. seals will summon Lucifer. Yeah. Right. Okay. We'll set Lucifer free. Yes. Sam is 
designed to be the vessel for Lucifer when he breaks through. You know how, like, demons need vessels? They're designing Sam to be Lucifer's vessel, right? That's fun. Right. But the reason they want Dean alive is because he is the ultimate vessel for, like, an avenging angel. Like, (laughs) I love this. So there's going to be, like, a big battle at the end of the season that's, like, Sam versus Dean, but they're both possessed. Ooh, okay. Dean by an angel. Okay. And Sam by Lucifer. Okay. And that's why the angels do not want Dean dead. Because for some reason, he is the only one who is able to host the, like, the biggest powerful angel that they're So this is coming into your, like, whole, like, Mary John like genetical theory yeah. okay okay cool i just wanted to see yeah. if that was where you were going like family with. tree heritage like descendants from you know from wherever yeah the fuck yeah <laughs> okay it's like you know in, in first kill how all of the um all of like the day walking vampires are like descended from lilith yeah instead of adam and eve like yeah. that sort of thing interesting yeah okay do you want to elaborate on any of that or are you happy to leave it I don't have anything to elaborate on. That okay. Like, okay. It, it's just a fun thought that might be where they're going. Like, if, yeah. You know, like, we've, or we've already got, like, the Sam Hell coded and Dean Angel coded yeah. thing happening. So you think they're really going to double down? And just the fact that in this episode, Cass is like, no, we, our orders were to follow your orders. Yeah. So they are clearly testing Dean for some reason. They're yeah. trying to work out if he is a suitable leader. Yeah. So they've chosen and Sam as the boy king or whatever, like the prince of hell or whatever yeah. the fuck. <laughs> what if they've done the same thing Rich to Dean? Dean? And we just what, don't know about it yet. Yeah. Okay. I love this theory. It's very fun. So I do want to very quickly, because of like the quote that you talked about with Cass just then yeah. being like, okay, our, you know our true orders, yeah. you know, um, are you prepared to disobey when he's talking to Uriel? And then later when he's explaining to Dean, uh, in one of my favorite scenes of Kripke era, that scene where they're talking on the park benches, mm-hmm. I adore it. And we're going to talk about it at like, that's a promise. And that's a, a promise. <laughs> and a threat. Yeah, exactly. When they are talking on the park benches and Cass is saying to Dean, they were sort of testing to see how he would perform under battleground conditions, yeah. essentially. And so that's really interesting, given like your theory if they were trying to prep him for some kind of, like, grand showdown, yeah. it, it is important that they know tactically how he's thinking and yeah. what he's going to prioritise and, like, how he's going to make those kind of yeah. decisions under pressure. So either he was specifically bred for this shit or he's <laughs> just, like, God's specialist little war boy. <laughs> I, love, I love that you've boiled Dean's character down to God's specialist little war boy. I, that's so funny. <laughs> Obviously, I can't comment too much on, like, any of the, like, more serious, like, overarching, like, plot stuff. Yeah. Because, like, spoilers. Or it's both. He was bred for this, and now he's got and specialist. And also got specialist Bobo. <laughs> so, while, while we're on it, let's talk about the boys. Let's talk about the angels. Let's talk about this whole situation. Yeah. Because I... There's a lot that happens in this episode, and if I'm being totally honest, I could not give less of a shit about anything that's happening in a scene where Uriel or Cass isn't. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about you, but excluding the scene where Dean has the, like, hell flashback, I think that's, like, the one scene that I care about that doesn't have an angel in it. 
because I just find this plot so interesting and I don't really know where to start. Maybe let's start with the fact that obviously this is the first time that Cass and Sam meet and that's like a pretty big deal. I mean, we've already kind of mentioned it, but I do think it's very fun and it's also the first shots that we get of the three of them all together and I think that's very fun because obviously like you know that Cass becomes an ongoing important character. Oh yeah, he's the character they can't kill. Yeah. Because anytime <laughs> they try to kill Cass, there's a riot and the ratings drop. Yeah, exactly. So like this is the first time that we're getting all three of them together and this is gonna be they they get branded as Team Free Will yeah. and so it this is the first episode where we have all of Team Free Will all in one room together and I think that's really fun. I do want to talk about Sam's crisis of faith. Yeah. Because I do think that that is significant and important and interesting. So we've talked a lot. We (laughs) talked about in season one in the episode titled Faith. We talked about it especially in Houses of the Holy and we've talked about it in episodes since. And this episode is so important in that arc because now he's sort of confronting and coming face to face with what he's been praying to and it's not what he thought and he doesn't take it super well (laughs) no as i said the turnaround time between it's an honor to meet you and cast immediately being like wow you're a freak the boy with the demon blood the boy with the demon blood glad you're not evil at the moment yeah (laughs) to the end of the episode when he was like oh actually angels are kind of dicks yeah I, i hate them I think it's really fascinating. And when he's talking to Dean about it in the car, he actually says, like, I thought they'd be righteous. And Dean is like, they are. It's kind of the problem. Yeah. You know, and you get sort of the, especially with Uriel being the first angel canonically that we've met that, like, outside of Cass. Yeah. Where he's referring to them exclusively as mud monkeys, which is, like, I guess a slur. Like, I don't know how else to... It's kind of like the it's mud blood equivalent. Yeah. yeah. It's implied that it's a derogatory term, basically. Yeah. It, it's implied that Yuria does not mean anything complimentary by mud monkeys. No. It doesn't sound complimentary at all. Like, and it's yeah. clearly used with disdain. It's clearly, oh, I am better than them. Like, yeah. It's very um the mud on the bottom of my shoe kind of attitude. And it's also interesting because we find that Uriel has no real admiration or respect at all for just humans at large. And Cass is very much the opposite. Like, Cass explicitly is like, no, I was praying that you would choose to save these people. Like, these are my father's creations. They are works of art. Like, I did not want them to be destroyed. And Uriel is just like, maybe we should just fucking ignore him and just destroy them because, you know? And it's a very different attitude. Are you okay? (laughs) Your face just did something. (laughs) They're Dean and Sam coded. Oh my god. Brothers be brothering, I guess. (laughs) Cass is like, no, these are reflections upon my father. I can't do anything to disobey my father's wishes. And Euro was like, I don't know, we should just fucking kill them, I guess. Yeah, okay. Like, God wants them to live, so I, like, let's kill them. Actually, let's talk about that, because... There's a really, really, like, Cass and Dean in this episode are fucking fascinating. And this is part of why I love it so, so, so much. So, first of all, quick note. Cass 
immediately disregarding Dean's personal space. Straight mm. up, just like, I am 10 centimeters away from you, and I just think it's fun. Also, just staring at him, like, constantly. Yeah. It's like he looks at Sam for 0.5 of a second, and then he's back. Like- yeah. <laughs> yes. So, I want to talk about the fact that Sam and Dean have this interesting back and forth about duty, I guess, and respecting the wishes of your father. Cass is saying, you know, we don't, you know, these these orders come like directly from heaven, and Dean's saying, what? So you've never questioned a crap order. And Cass says, it comes from heaven, that makes it just. Which is an interesting take, which we'll come back to. But then Dean goes on, well, it must be nice to be so sure of yourselves. And Cass goes, well, tell me something, Dean. When your father gave you an order, didn't you obey? Ooh, fucking 911! Someone just got burned! Literally. (laughs) And it's so interesting because, like, yeah, like, do you remember way back in season one, and I was saying to you, like, to Dean, John is the god equivalent. Like, yeah, if John says something, then it just must be so. John's will is the way. And it's very much like looking how at how Cass starts off thinking of God yeah. as his father and the way that Dean thinks of John as his. It's just like fucking be interesting to see what happens when God dies. Well like like you know like cause the change in Dean when John died. Yeah. And then if you have Yeah, we'll we'll get into more oh, about God's already dead and they just don't know it yet. <laughs> we'll we'll get more into where God is and what he's doing through the seasons. Yeah, for the minute. From what I know, he's writing a book, ain't he? (laughs) Look, you'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, so the way that Dean's relationship with John progresses and like how he thinks about John in terms of like his worldview and stuff, Mm. in comparison to how Cass thinks about God, it's just fucking fascinating. Like it's so comparable. And it's one of the things that through the seasons, actually, they really kind of like bond over. Like their fathers are quite com- comparable. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's very, it's really, really interesting. And I think part of why I love the conversation right at the end of this episode is Cass is literally sitting there as a, a millennia old being who has known this human for what is the equivalent of about 0.2 seconds. And he's like, can I trust you with something if you promise not to tell another soul? And Dean's like, yeah, I guess. And then Cass admits to having doubt and to questioning his father's all-knowing orders, which is like... AKA exactly the thing Dean's been doing the entire time. Here's the key. Dean always questioned and doubted John's orders. He just also always followed them. Because to question John's orders and to disobey John would have been the worst offence he could have committed. And that is exactly the same thing. Like, when Cass says to you, like, are you ready to disobey? Because disobedience is the absolute number one crime you can commit. So even if you're... Cast coded, you're actually Dean coded. I don't know, man. <laughs> There's layers there. Yeah. But the fact that, and this is what I mean when I say like. The... Well, Cass is Dean coded, so it's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I was saying like John is Dean's God equivalent, this is what I was talking about. Because the, the number one thing that 
Dean could would struggle with is going against John, standing up to John, telling John you're wrong. I'm going to make this different decision. And that's like for angels, like that's the number one worst possible thing you could do, like culturally, you know? And so it's just so fucking interesting. And the fact that Cass has known Dean for like in the span of his life, what is like the tiniest blip on the radar. And he's already like, Hey, can I confess to you? my deepest, darkest secret on this public park bench. <laughs> and Dean's like, yeah, I guess, man. Also, I fully relate to your deepest, darkest secret. It's, it was also mine. It's drunk girl in a bathroom, coded. It is a bit, actually. <laughs> yeah. But it's really, it's really fascinating dynamic. And I am so interested. I'm really excited to, to keep watching and, like, to see you kind of, like, see it developing. And, like, also... That kind of, like, comes down to, like, Sam as well, like, not wanting to obey any orders. Like, he's, he's the same thing. Like, he doesn't want to listen to the angels telling him what to do. The same way he didn't want to listen to John telling him what to do. And, like, I just think it's, like, really an interesting comparison of, like, God and his angels, who were literally his soldiers, comparative with John and his children, who were literally his soldiers. His soldiers. Yeah. I want to talk about a very specific shot choice they made. Oh, okay. Do we know who directed this episode? Um, I did not come prepared. Do you know what? I think it was Charles Beeson, but let me just double check. Do we know if he ever worked on Leverage? Because there's one shot in this show, like this specific episode, that I'm like, oh, this feels awfully familiar. Was it the high speed spin between the witches? Yes. Because I was like, I hate this. (laughs) I was like, this feels like... The the shot in um the first episode of the second season, the Bean Town Bailout job, mm-hmm. where it's like all of the team are meeting again in the theatre. Yeah, which I also didn't like. <laughs> yeah. Um it was, it was Charles Beeson. Charles Beeson. Did he ever I'm work gonna, on leverage? Let's have a Charles that's, Beeson. That that's leverage. my question, because that was it felt awfully familiar. I'm like, this is Okay. Nothing nothing seems to be coming up for Charles Beeson leverage as a Google search term. So I'm gonna suggest no. But knowing that Kim Manor's brother was doing leverage, maybe it's a... Yeah. <laughs> maybe they were just swapping notes. But no, I was, yeah, I was very, like, I was like, oh, like, the spinning and then the... The, 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 the increased the... speed with which it's spun. Yeah. yeah, the movement of the camera. And, like, personally, I don't think it fits quite as well in, like, Supernatural as it does leverage. Mm. Supernatural takes itself too seriously for that. Mm. No, I didn't love it. Super, super <laughs> I don't love it in general, though. Yeah, but, like, Supernatural isn't, like, a happy-go-lucky, the good guys always win in the end sort of show. Like, it, they literally have the fucking line, your misery is the point. Like, <laughs> this is not a show that's designed for ca- the characters to be happy. Like, no. So, it, I don't know, it just feels a little, not necessarily out of place, but I was just like, oh, this feels like I'm not watching... Supernatural, but then everything else around it felt Feels like, like I was, supernatural. So it was like it was a very weird experience. It was very jarring, and that's yeah. part of that's why I didn't love it because I was like, it's quite an intense like scene, and you're like getting like the plot reveal yeah. of like the sacrifice or whatever. And I'm like, what is? Why are we doing this right now? Yeah. It just felt very odd. Like I think there are certain like aspects, like there are certain scenes where a shot like that would work within Supernatural quite well and quite effectively. I just don't think this was one of them. While we're on it, let's maybe talk about the plot of the episode aside from the angels, which, like I yeah. said, the angels are the only bit I really, really care about, but there's a whole other 20 minutes that we should probably talk about. 
Oh, you mean this episode was longer than the... I just skipped the angels. <laughs> yeah, the good bit. Yeah, the good bit. <laughs> no, so I hate the internal mouth POV shot with the razor blades. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. I, I yeah. Look, it was effective because I fucking hated it, but... I, look, I just because you fucking hated it, I don't think it, that necessarily means it was effective. Well, I hate it because it made me uncomfortable because it made me feel like I had razor blade at the back of my throat. So, like, I think it was effective. This is why I can't watch the, like, I just watched these for a Stranger Things. Yeah. Do you, have, you don't watch Stranger yeah. Things, do you? There's this, like, spoilers, by the time this comes out, I would be shocked if anyone hasn't seen it. There's, like, this villain that, like, lifts people up into the air and, like, snaps all their bones at weird angles. And every single time it started happening, I literally hid my face and Naomi told me when it was safe to watch again. I just, I can't, I hate it. Like, I love shows like this, like, the plots and, you know, the characters in it and stuff. But the actual gore and, like, the bodily damage, I just, I hate it so much. I can't watch it. I just, I, no, not for me. Uncomfy. Bleh. And that's how I felt about this, like, weird inside-the-mouth shot yeah. of the... Just, mm, no thank I you. didn't love it, but yeah, I... I do love that his wife, the widow, cracks the shits at Sam. And it's like, when he's, like, interviewing her and asking about, like, you know, did he have any enemies? And she's like, don't you think if someone was trying to kill my husband, they'd find a better way to do it than to put, some, like, a razor blade in a piece of, like, chocolate that he might eat... And she's like, yeah, she's got a good point, actually. Sam, you sound ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, Demon Blood Cup returns. It does. It does. And she doesn't... We need a Demon Blood Cup counter, don't we? <laughs> and she doesn't even awkwardly hold it to his huh? neck or something. She, like, very strategically shoves the knife in the hole that was already made by the bullet and, like, mm. you know, takes it that way. Works quite well. Demon Blood Cup. Mmm. Oh, Okay. Very quick note, I hate the joke about the jailbait thing. Mm. I Entirely unnecessary, gross, literally stop it. I don't know why you left that in there. It's just not good. Um, anyway, moving on. The comment that Dean makes about, like, if you were a centuries-old witch who could choose anybody to come back in, wouldn't you choose a hot cheerleader? And then he's like, I would. Trans Dean writes. I'm, I'm like... From, like, a gender and sexuality lens, that comment is fucking fascinating. So, A, mm. trans Dean writes. Yeah. B, yeah. I'm not choosing a hot cheerleader. I'm I'm going, like, the Sean from the good place route. Like, I'm choosing a <laughs> middle-aged white man. I could only fail up. Like... Yes, that's very tactical. See, I think that it's, like, a... Is it really interesting statement because I'm like, it's very much, you could read so much into it as like a queer Dean interpretation. Yeah. Like in both gender and sexuality yeah. aspects. Like there is just so much in that comment that we do not have the time to properly unpack here. I am sure there are. No, we don't have time to unpack all that. Literally. I, I'm sure there are thousands of words of meta devoted to that small paragraph, but I just wanted to point it out because yeah, it's just like. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't eloquently elaborate on it right now. I would need to sit down and properly think about it, but. I think it's really interesting that they haven't so far given us a number of the seals broken. No, They've they told haven't. us that a concerning amount have broken. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, objectively, too many have broken. Yeah. But we, we haven't gotten like a, 
you know, roughly 50 of the 66 have broken open. Yeah, we're not getting, like, a countdown. Yeah. We also don't know at what point they started breaking. We don't know, like, when they became concerned because we don't really know, like, did one break and they were like, oh, yeah, like, whatever, and then they were like, oh, seven have broken. This seems, like, more concerning. I do agree with Dean that covering yourselves in someone else's blood just to give it a shot is, like... (laughs) It's a lot. I love the, like, you gave it a shot. I just think that's so funny. But I also think it was very clever of Sam. Yeah. And then I was confused why they immediately wiped it off. Like, it's not like it would look out of place on Halloween. And also, you just got rid of the thing that you know is effectively going to hide you from this dude. So, weird choice. But no, I loved that Sam was like, I'm going to use the law. And then it worked. I'm like, yes, Sammy, baby. Law boy at Stanford. Exactly. He's on the case. Like, that's Lawboy, L-O-R-E. Lawboy, you know? Yeah. Maybe, I know I've already talked about Sam a bit, but I kind of want to come back to it. Because you were talking about how Sam's had, like, a pretty significant sort of relapse, right? Into the, like, psychic waters. I do want to talk about how instead of doing it behind Dean's back this time, he, like, openly broached the topic. Like, in the car, he was saying, look, I think that maybe this demon might be, like, a little bit beyond our usual means. Maybe, like, we need to bring in the big guns kind of thing. And Dean shuts him down and Sam makes the point of, like, you know, because Dean says the angels keep saying, you you know, no. And Sam's like, well, you said the angels are dicks. And Dean's like, yeah, well, they're right about this. And I do think it's interesting is, like, part of Dean's character where he's like, the angels are only wrong when I don't agree with them. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that, that, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah. <laughs> and I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think that the whole choice of Sam to use his powers is really, really interesting. And the reactions of the people around him are also interesting. I think it's also going to be incredibly important, Sam using his just. Because if it wasn't important, mm. they would have had Dean see the knife on the ground behind the witch, mm. pick it up and stab Samane. Yeah, rather than having Sam rather than actually having exercising. Sam actually exercising him. Yeah, I also think- especially considering this is not a case in which it is important for the body to survive. Mm. So using the, the body's knife, already dead. yeah, the body's already dead, and the body was also belonging to a six hundred year old witch, yeah, who was trying to fucking summon the demon in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So I do think it's very interesting. I love that they have him do it in a church with all the stained glass. I just kind of love that stained glass slaps. Like, right. I love the. I love every single time they use a church in this show. It's always the imagery of it is always really really beautiful and I love it but I want to talk about how Sam mind exercise Sam Hain like they make a point that this demon is super super strong and you can see Sam like clearly struggles to actually exercise him but that does also mean that Sam's getting stronger and you can see Dean being scared of that like I think when Dean is watching it happen the look on his face is not just like concern but I think he's actually scared Mm. and I think that that's important like for him to be scared of Sam when his entire life he has like the whole point is that he's supposed to protect Sam yeah and it does kind of come back to that whole thing where John told him if you can't save Sam you'll have to kill him Mm. 
And I think that that is maybe something that is sitting in the back of Dean's mind. And Whether it just or not... sort of hit him again watching Sam. Do you remember when Simon said when they're sitting in the car and Andy says, like, you know, what are you doing? Like, who are you really? And Dean obviously can't not tell him. So he says, you know. And he's babbling and he's like, oh, I'm terrified. I'm trying to pretend like I'm fine. But it, like, this is scaring the fucking shit out of me. Yeah. Like, and I'm starting to worry that he, like, they're talking but, about how Sam's a monster. And he's like, I'm starting to worry he might be right. Yeah. I think this is an extension of that. Like, I think he's becoming more and more worried that actually maybe he can't save Sam in the way that he needs to, you know? Yeah. Because even when they're having, like, Sam had said to him, like, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's like playing with fire. And then, like you've said, only three episodes later, which is like the equivalent of about three weeks generally, he's like, well, actually, I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. So I've been doing some Googlings to try and work out what the biggest, most powerful angel that they'd be trying to summon to possess Dean is. And the name that comes up a lot is Michael. I'm not Googling supernatural. I'm I'm Googling Christianity specifically. I'm not... I'm not looking up spoilers. I, I was going to say, I'll fight you. <laughs> I am like, I'm like, who are the archangels? Yeah. And Michael is the one that, that like, all of the books refer to him as an archangel. Mm-hmm. There are others like Gabriel and uh, Raphael mm-hmm. and Uriel who we've met in this yeah. episode. So, like, clearly archangels are a thing. Yeah. But the fact that uh, the the first one that all of these are listing is Michael. So this is your is this is this a batshit this is, theory or is this an actual theory? This is batshit theory, clearly. Okay. Like, is <laughs> bordering the fence. Bordering the fence. Okay. Like, it's batshit in the sense that I don't think this is how they're gonna do it. Yeah, but it's not so batshit that I don't think they're it's like not, I don't think it's impossible that there could be elements of this in the actual plotline. Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, so you're like, okay, you're thinking along this line. Yes. Like, even if it's not exactly this, it's going to be like like a parallel or like a mirror kind of thing? Yeah. Okay, like, so the theme is there. The theme is there. And I'm, yeah, I'm thinking, based on traditional Christianity, Michael is like the archangel that like keeps on popping up in all my Google searches about <laughs> archangels. So like, yeah. But okay. I do think it's interesting because in this, like, if Uriel is an arch, like archangel, mm-hmm. He is more powerful than Cass, who's just like a normal angel. Like he's a, and, uh, Cass is a seraph. Yeah, so he's a lower rank mm-hmm. of angel mm-hmm. than Uriel. So if Uriel wanted to disobey God's orders mm-hmm. and just straight up murder Dean, there is nothing Cass could really do about it. Yeah, it's I, it's interesting that you brought this up, and I wasn't going to because I was like, well, you don't necessarily know that Uriel is an archangel, but now that you've gone and googled I, it, I, sorry. Look, it, it was bugging me. I'm like, I want I want to give an actual like an actual angel and be like, this is the angel, like because okay. I don't know if like my ramblings about like oh yeah like a powerful angel like yeah like what what I'm meaning is like one of the angels who is like you know direct messenger from God like yeah basically God's like. <laughs> PR person, like yeah. the face of <laughs> the God. The spokesperson. The spokesperson for God. Like <laughs> the face of God. With Uriel, what is really interesting is that he defers to Cass yeah. in this episode. Which, yeah, given their rank, doesn't make sense. And seems unnecessary. Mm. Unless he's deferring to Cass simply because Cass has more information about Dean. I think that because... Because Cass has worked with Dean before. The fact that the Winchesters, or specifically Dean, not I don't think they trust Cass 
at the begin at the beginning of this episode, I don't think they trust Cass. I think by the end of this episode, Dean at least trusts Cass. Yeah. More so than he's trusting most other people at this point. Yeah. It's not about like he trusts angels, it's he trusts Cass. And exactly. And we get the distinction between Cass and Uriel pretty explicitly in this episode. Like you've got Uriel who's like considering disobedience in the sense of I don't give a shit about humanity. I just want to be yeah. done with this. And then you get Cass who's considering disobedience in the terms of, I don't know what is right and what is wrong anymore. I don't know if you've passed this test. And I don't know if I like that. Like, he's like, I don't want to kill these people. Yeah. So if you failed this test, I don't know if I wanted you to succeed. And like, we never, we never see Cass referred to humans as mud monkeys, which no. is... yeah. And like an interesting little tidbit in there. Yeah, exactly. And actually, when Uriel says that, Cass says, you shouldn't call them that. And he actually even says, like, you're verging on blasphemy. Yeah. Which is because obviously, like, the whole thing is, like, God's, like, quote-unquote ultimate creation was, like, humanity, right? That's the how the story goes. So for Can the- I just say, if humanity is your ultimate creation, big yikes. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, surely you could have done better. Yeah, so the fact that... Uriel doesn't love humans clearly has no like particular attachment to them and you know then there's Cass being like no you should at the very least respect humans as a product of our father's yeah yeah creation exactly and it's it's very very interesting yeah the the difference between Cass and the other angels is just I love it it's so fun but no my point was that by the end of this Dean at least trusts Cass yeah more than he trusts any other person, honestly. Like, I'm not going to say he trusts him more than Sam. But what I am going to say is I don't think Dean trusts Sam as much as he used to. Yeah. Purely because of this psychic thing. I think the only person that Dean trusts more than Cass is Bobby. I was going to say the exact same thing. I honestly think the I rank think... of Dean's trust goes Bobby and then Sam and then Cass but that Sam think, is sitting pretty precarious. I think Sam... No, I think he trusts Sam, uh, Cass more than Sam simply because Sam lied to him about using his psychic powers. Yeah. Like, he still trusts Sam, but I... Free him dying? Mm. Like, from... Since he's come back, I think Sam's been, like, bumped down. Mainly because he did meet Cass and Cass, like, saved him and then... I think the other thing yeah. is that at this point... Cass has only told him the truth. Yeah. Even to the point where he's like, I'm not supposed to be telling you this. Yeah. Whereas Sam is doing the opposite. Sam is like actively keeping things. Mm-hmm. And like whether or not Dean likes the information that he's getting, at least he's getting it. Yeah, it is interesting. And it's certainly interesting. I'm excited to see the Sam, Ruby, Cass, Dean Ooh, yeah. parallels. Mm-hmm. They're fun. Though we haven't seen Ruby in a while. We haven't seen Ruby in a while. She's been a little bit off radar. Yeah. But she will come back. Um, well, I was assuming so. Because Ruby was one of the ones where I'd heard the name. Like, I don't think I would have heard the name of Ruby before I started watching this show if she was only in, like, not even a season and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and also, where we left off with Ruby, like, nothing was resolved. With no, Ruby. no, it's, like, it's not like they killed her with her own demon knife. Like, mm-hmm. while we're still on the topic of uh, angels, sort of tangentially, I do want to highlight a quote where Sam and Dean are sitting in the car and they've just met the angels. And we've already kind of talked mm-hmm. about this, but yeah. we didn't 
expand on it. And Dean says there is nothing more dangerous than an asshole who thinks he's on a holy mission. That's another one of those like that'll be important later sort of thing comments. So I'm just gonna just gonna put that out there. That'll that'll be relevant. There's nothing really else that we can say on it right now. But I'm the just irony when it. it's Dean who goes on a holy mission. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. You, you can't you can't argue with that because he he's now like oh yeah like going on a holy mission is like like thinking you're righteous when you're not is like dangerous as hell. Yeah. He said the same fucking thing about making demon deals and shit. Good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bit of a hypocrite, that boy. I've connected the dots. <laughs> yeah, I've connected shit. <laughs> One thing that I do want to talk about in that scene, though, is the fact that even though, like, Sam's met the angels and he's like, wow, they're, like, not what I expected and they're kind of assholes. And Dean's like, yeah, I fucking told you. And also, they don't give a shit about Sam beyond, like, we don't want this dude to be evil. <laughs> yeah, they were really... <laughs> Like, even Uriel says, like, the only reason you're alive is because so far you've been useful. Yeah. But, like, as soon as that ends, like, we'll just fucking end you, basically. But I love that Dean makes the effort to be like, look, I don't have the faith that you have. Mm -hmm. But don't let these two, like, dicks change your faith. Like, just because these guys suck doesn't mean that the whole system is, like, inherently corrupt. Like, just because you don't, like, maybe... But what if it is? <laughs> He's like, you know, maybe God hates these assholes. Like, you know, don't give up on this thing that brings you security and brings you, you know, a sense of... Peace or hope. Yeah. Or... And I love that he encourages it, even though Uriel's an ass, and, like, honestly, the jury is still kind of out on Cass. Like, like he trusts him, but he doesn't like him. I think he doesn't even... They're kind of, like, on the borderline, I think, at the moment, you know, of, like... They're still frenemies. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you've still got Cass being, like, only a couple episodes ago, saying, like, I dragged you out of hell and I will throw you back in. You should show me some fucking respect, you know, and now... The power he has. And then, like, three episodes later, it's just like, can I tell you a secret if you promise not to tell anyone ever? <laughs> the change is, like, so... Yeah. You know? I also want to quickly shout out the description of humans as plumbing on two legs. I do think that's fun. <laughs> I mean, it's a choice. Yeah. Oh, I want to point out the girl in the nurse costume who dies. Mm-hmm. Jen. Okay. Her heels are really, really fucking cute. Like, mm. the white heels with the strap. Mm. <laughs> they look cute. I mean, she's dying, but they look cute. <laughs> the important things. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Oh, I have... This is a point that is not really to do with the show. It is to do with our podcast. Going, <laughs> going back to our episode on Hookman. Yeah. I went on a arguably too long tangent about mm -hmm. the melting point of silver mm -hmm. in this episode they're talking about the baby bones yeah and talking about like burning them and sam's like do you know how hot a fire would have to be to char that bone and i'm like oh so now you fucking give a shit about how hot fires have to fucking be to achieve your fucking goals sam you didn't give a shit when you were trying to melt silver in a fucking church fucking <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, so we have to have a narrative plot reason as to how the person burned the baby bone. But you can just burn silver in any fucking fire. What got me about Hookman, though, was the fact that apparently putting the necklace in the fire was hot enough 
to kill the spirit. To melt the silver. To melt the silver. But melting it to reforge it into the necklace wasn't enough. Oh, look. To <laughs> kill the spirit. Look, I I just wanted to point it out because I was like, oh, so now you can <laughs> mad about it. Although at least they did give us an explanation. I would I didn't need the explanation because I was just like, I don't know, it could have been burned fucking hundreds of years ago because yeah. they talk about the fact that it's like a six hundred year old coin or whatever. Yeah. They're like all of this shit is historic. Like the mm-hmm. the witch is old as hell. Like mm-hmm. they really didn't need to explain it. it no. The only reason they explained Blamed it is so that they could then connect it to the teacher and the kill. Yeah, exactly. While we're on the teacher, very quickly, yeah. not so much him himself, but the art, like the masks that yeah. were hanging that like they walk in and they're looking yeah. at, first of all, fucking terrifying. Freaky as hell. Like whoever designed those was having an absolute time because they're having a ball on this bitch. They really were. But the one that's, like, the melty one that Dean, like, focuses yeah. on and you get the, like, hell scream, yeah. like, audio and stuff. I want to talk about Dean's hell trauma. Because clearly... Why don't we need to talk about it? He's not. Okay. Well, he's <laughs> repression boy, so we're not about that life. I think it's no great jump to assume that Sam is going to ask some follow-up questions. Because Uriel has now just said you should ask Dean what he remembers from hell. Yeah. And... Sam. Further proof that Uriel's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Sam has obviously been under the impression that Dean remembers nothing because that's what Dean said. Uh, and we as the audience know that that's not fucking true. Not even slightly. So, he remembers all 40 years of that shit. Yeah. So obviously we're going to get some, well, maybe it's not obvious, but I don't think it's a spoiler to say, like we're going to get some more info about Dean's time in hell. And I'm just wondering, like, before we get the information, do you have any thoughts about... Okay, so I don't know what they're actually going to do, but I can tell you what I want them to do. Okay, amazing. I want Meg to have tortured him in hell. Meg specifically personally? Meg specifically personally. Ooh. He caused her so many goddamn issues, she deserves <laughs> revenge. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, Yeah, I'm fine with this. I want Meg to have tortured him. I want Ava to have tortured him. Mm-hmm. I want, like... So you just want it to have been, like, a round robin of people that you think he's deserved fucked better. Over. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, want it, I want it to be, like, fucking Dean Winchester is in the zoo. And they're mm. all coming around, like, ha-ha. To, like, gawk and, like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. I want a board tour guide to be, like, and on your left, you'll see Dean Winchester. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. That's so funny. <laughs> like, um, you know what I mean? Like, I want everyone who he has fucking exercised, inconvenience, or just generally been a dick to, I want them to have all had a chance to swing the bat. Okay. Because I think that would be fun. I love, and funny. I love the concept of hell as a tourist attraction. Yeah. Like, like the Hollywood Babylon equivalent of going through the movie set, set yeah. except it's just like a tourist of like yeah. I, look, I and I want like the tours are for like all the new demons, like all the ones who have just graduated from the Demon Academy that week. Like the good place having a gift shop, yeah, and a museum, yeah, yeah. 100%. like and and so it's sort of like going through and like oh these are like the notable people we currently have in hell, yeah, like they're like they're going past Dean, like Dean is important. You need to know Dean because he's the brother of our future leader. 
So they're like, if you need to torment Sam Winchester a little bit, this is how you do it. Here's the map to Dean's room. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. You know what I mean? Like, they're using Dean as, like, for the training exercises of, like, this is how you torture people. Oh, my God. (laughs) They're like, Dean's an interesting case because Dean knew about hell before he arrived here. Yeah. He chose to be here. What a weirdo. (laughs) Okay. Just ignore all the weird chains. Oh, my God. There were all the weird chains because they were worried he was going to break out of hell. They were security devices. (laughs) They were like a laser grid. Okay, so you're like, the the chains were not actually specifically designed for cho- torture. The chains yeah. were specifically designed to keep him still. To keep him in. Mm. Not to keep him still, to keep him in. Or to stop the angels from getting him out. Exactly. Okay, I love that. You're staring because at me so intently. In, <laughs> in this version of Supernatural, hell knows. And like that's why, like, that's one of the reasons why Sam was the favourite. Because they knew of his connection to Dean... Who is, like, heaven's chosen one. Okay. Okay. You're really fleshing out this theory today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've connected the dots. I'm, I'm But really... you know what, like... No, I know what you're getting at. I know exactly. This is the good supernatural that's living in your head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm really interested I'm just to trying you. to justify that fucking room somehow. <laughs> with the hell room with the chains. Yeah. I don't even know if it's a room. It honestly looks more like a, like a red void. Yeah. <laughs> You know that Cards Against Humanity card where it's like a windmill full of corpses? Yeah. I imagine that hell is just like a... (laughs) Like that void is just like a whole bunch of people all strung up and it's just like they spin around and like they just like swap who's on... Who's being tortured at like periodical... Like periodically. Uh, I'm I'm saying it in my head. Like I'm having a whole experience here. (laughs) Like I'm I'm glad that you're enjoying my theories this week. I love that you're having a religious moment. As an atheist. <laughs> Are any of the dots that I've created in this episode funny because of future context or accurate in future context? I'm not going to tell you which one. No, no, that's not, that's not, that's not the question. The question is, are either of them this or that? Not like, it's not like, tell me which one yes. they are. It's just like, I want to know, am I either accurate or like... Or so off base it's funny. So off base that it's fucking hilarious. Okay, so the answer is Yes. Yeah. But I am not going to give you any more context. Because it could be one or it could be both. I've made lots of points this episode. <laughs> like, oh, I did I did have a logistics question this week. Oh, okay. I want to know how the blood shoot works. And by blood shoot, I mean when the the dude dressed as the, like... Zombie? Zombie is, like, pulled into the oh, mausoleum. And yeah. it's just, like, blood shoots out. It reminded me of like, a wood chipper. I genuinely have no idea how that works. I'm like, because my other thing is like, how the fuck, like, it's a, yeah, like you say, it's like a blood shoot. Yeah. But like, theoretically, there should have been like a whole fucking coffin in there. How did he even get pulled in? I, like, he gets pulled in and then it's like blood shoots out. It's like, wood chipper in the mausoleum. I maybe. I don't know what these fucking zombies are up to. I, I was just looking, I'm like, what sort of ghost or ghoul or spirit does that? Like, how? I don't know, man. Maybe he just got liquefied. But then why didn't ooze out? Why did Alex break up? We do, okay, so later down the track, but not that much later down the track, we do get a being that can basically, like, explode people. Okay, that would make sense. If it's so, a bleed, if they could explode people, that would make sense, because then it's just exploding in the only direction it can explode in, is, which is out. It doesn't really make sense for that particular being to have been in that scene, but I guess it's like... <laughs> 
like, anything's it doesn't, it doesn't possible make, on Halloween. In the, in the context of like where they were and stuff, it doesn't make sense. But like, it's not unheard of for that to be a thing that supernatural beings are capable of. So I guess theoretically, you could say that that's what happens. Oh, I do have a note that isn't really relevant, but I do think it's very funny. Yeah, it's literally just Dean. Remember your daddy issues. <laughs> Wait, what is that in context of? I'm pretty Surely sure... Surely a Cass convo. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the scene where Cass is talking about, like, obeying orders and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like... Because, yeah, that's basically what Cass says. Like, yeah. And it kind of comes down to... Do you remember? So, Dean... Actually, it's really interesting because Dean describes them as hammers. Like, what are you? Mm. A couple of hammers. And then you remember back in 310 when Dean describes himself as daddy's blunt little instrument. And what the fuck is a blunt instrument but a hammer? And I just think it's just, it's the layers here are just. Dean's a rubber mallet for comedy purposes. <laughs> like in the, um, what's that like fucking arcade game where you're like whack a mole? Whack a mole! Yes. <laughs> Dean is metaphorically the mallet of a whack a mole. That is. And John is the player play. Yeah. And then the monster's the mole. The mole. <laughs> oh no. Now, Sam is the mallet that got lost, and then they found it again and dragged it back to... I love, like, wait, the metaphor of all of them is different arcade games. Cass is obviously the claw. <gasps> <laughs> I was like, why the fuck is it? But it, it hit me. Yeah, so Cass is the claw. Dean's the whack-a-mole mallet. What's Sam? Sam? I think Sam is, like, you know those ones where you have to, like, hit the button real quick to get it to stop on a specific screen? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, like... Psychic the, intuition? <laughs> the, the, no, the chances of him actually not dying from the demon blood and shit. Oh, And, like, okay. it's, like, everything just happened to go right. At the exact right moment. At the exact right moment for, like, yeah. him to actually exist. Huh. Yeah, okay. I'll take that. I either don't know that, what that game is called, but... e- Either that or he's a car racing game because he's a child who's not allowed to drive. I was going to say he's one of those, um, not so much an arcade game, but like a show game. The clowns, where you put the balls down their mouths. <laughs> In this, though, the balls are the demon blood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We need to stop. <laughs> We've reached- Meg is the shooting gallery because she cannot be shot. Ooh, Every time okay. they try to shoot her, it hasn't worked. So Meg's like the duck in the shooting I gallery. I was thinking like the bottles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, what, what what arcade game is John then? Oh, oh, he is the, the strong man with the big hammer because he's performative masculinity. Oh, you mean like the one where you have to like hit the button really yeah, hard to make yeah, 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 yeah. hit the top? Actually, no, see, actually, I don't know if I agree with my own assessment there because honestly, that's also Dean Coded. What would be John? Or what would John be, rather? What arcade game scarred you as a child? That's the real question, isn't it? Maybe John isn't an arcade game. Maybe John is a child who just gets really pissed off when they can't win the games you know when they're like oh it's all rigged against me i don't, I don't know any arcade games is what i'm quickly realizing that's fine we got like, the team free will ones i think that's the most important he's like a deer hunting game oh yeah the guns and the killing things yeah yeah okay yeah obviously and pretending to actually do something without actually doing it yeah beth I think it's time for us to do my PSA. I almost forgot, but I didn't because you reminded me. But what do you think it is this week? I I don't know, honestly. I got so excited. Oh, okay, Ashley. Yeah. I think the PSA could be that it is healthy to question authority. 
Like, if you are just blindly following directions for the sake of the fact that the person telling you to do it is an authority figure, that's probably not great. You should always think critically about directions that you are being given and whether or not you should actually be following them or whether you should question them. Okay, not my PSA. It is correct, but it's not my PSA this week. Thank you for validating that. Here's the thing, though. I feel like that PSA applies to too many episodes to be this week's PSA. You know. Okay, well, just because we were talking specifically about, like, obeying orders and blah, 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 that's going to be my guess, but that's fine. What's what's the PSA? My PSA for this week is it's super-duper disrespectful to hold a party in a mausoleum. Oh, yeah. Like, do you know I don't think this is the only time this happens? I have a feeling, I can't remember when in the series it is, but I have a feeling it's an episode that Garth is in. And I want to say that there is like a party in a, in a mausoleum. I feel like it's somehow less disrespectful if it's like your family mausoleum. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> and it's not, random. I don't think it's disrespectful to like the dead person, but like for the people for whom... It's a space of grieving. It's a space of grieving and it's a space of remembrance. Mm. It just feels really fucking rude mm. to be, like, throwing a party there and, like... Trashing the place. Trashing the place. Because, like, that's the other, like, implied unspoken thing. Like, mm. they're there, they're drinking, they're, like, they're partying, they're dancing. It's like graffitiing on someone's urn. Yeah. It just... It feels super-duper disrespectful. Yeah. No, that's that's a solid PSA. I don't know if we really have... I don't think I've ever actually seen a mausoleum here. I've no. seen... I've seen them on a lot of media. I've seen them in, like, The Sims. But I don't think that we actually really... I feel like they're a rich people thing. Maybe. Your PSA actually very neatly ties into one of the... Oh, lovely. We love that for a time. <laughs> a callback. Look at this. Professional podcasting. <laughs> one, the la- one of the last points that I want to talk about yeah. is actually about, like, respecting the dead. Yeah. So... Uriel says to Sam, he, you know, is talking about how, you know, tomorrow is November 2nd. It's a bit Mm. of an anniversary for you. The anniversary of Mary's death. The subsequent anniversary of Jess's death. Which confused me because I thought Mary died on Halloween. I thought that was why. No, Mary died on the eve of Sam's six-month birthday. I thought it just happened to be Halloween. I don't know why I thought that. But (laughs) I was just like, I was under the impression that, like, it was October 31st. And that's why he hated Halloween. Yeah. Because remember in the pilot episode, they are at the Halloween party. Yeah. And then, like, later Dean breaks in. So it's yeah. like, yes. Yeah, so I it's... knew Jess didn't die on Halloween. Mm. I knew that it was a couple of days after Halloween yeah. for Jess. But, like, I thought Mary died on Halloween. And that's why he was such a fucking asshole to Jess at the Halloween party. Because, mm. like, he was also still, like, grieving his mother's death. Yeah. but So I'm... now we learn that he was just a dickhead because he's a dickhead <laughs> like yeah he just because sam doesn't like holidays yeah yeah so it's the, it's the anniversary of mary's death the subsequent anniversary of jess's death and uriel makes the point like you know this is probably a bit of a sore soft subject for you and sam's like yeah bro so shut up about it <laughs> but then uriel makes the point which is this is your how you're gonna honor their deaths by using the gift that was given to you by their murderer like not only have we explicitly told you not to do this multiple times, but also you're going to use the powers that you've been given by the person or the demon that killed two very significant people in your life. And like, you're just going to use that willy nilly. Like, really? You think that's like a respectful thing to do? And I'm like, Uriel, you're one to talk about respect, but he does have a point. Uriel's basically me every week when I'm like, choices were made. (laughs) Big yikes. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> to paraphrase Uriel. <laughs> Big yikes. Big yikes. Yeah. So I do kind of want to talk about that because... I don't think it's necessarily, like, disrespectful to the dead, but I definitely think it's a bit, like, you're not more suspicious mm. of the powers given to you by someone that you know personally yeah. had no issues murdering the people you love. And in fact, Mary died as a direct consequence of Sam getting these abilities. Like, yeah. you're using these powers with no suspicion is, like, the key thing. Like, mm-hmm. Because, um, like, he was. For a long time, he was. Until Dean was like, yo, dude, what the fuck? He was. He was just using me. He's like, oh, but he was justifying it to himself by, like, oh, but I'm helping people. But he wasn't, like, actually questioning, like, these powers were given to me at the cost yeah. of mm-hmm. my mother's life, like, maybe I should be suspicious about potential ramifications of these fucking powers. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting because, like, Sam, even when he stops using his abilities, he's not doing it necessarily because he wants to. Like, he says in the episode, and we kind of talked about this, like, he says, like, I've thought about it. I'm not doing it because of you. I'm not doing it because of the angels. I'm doing it for my own self. Yeah. And I was like, yes, Sam, absolutely. Except that, like you say, like, in this episode, he, like, kind of immediately wants to use them and goes back to it. So it's kind of like, well, okay, are you actually doing it because you don't want to do it? Or are you just saying that because you want Dean to trust you and you don't want him to think that you are just going to, like, fall off the bandwagon kind of thing? Again, I'm just really interested to, like, to see... I I don't know if we're even going to get an answer for this. I think it'd be really interesting to see if Sam using his powers is, like, something that breaks a seal. Like, Mm. if something to do with that situation and using the powers inherent. But then it's, like, if using the powers inherently gifted, maybe Ava broke the seal. How Mm. cool would that be? Ava broke the first seal. That would be cool. That would be very cool. I think what's interesting in that, and, like, not to say, like, right or wrong or anything, but, like, I think what's interesting in that scenario of, like, Sam being somehow key in the breaking of Seal, it becomes, like, okay, well, then why don't they just eliminate Sam? Because... But then it's, like, is it too late? Is the Seal already broken? By the time they realise, had Sam already broken the Seal, so, like, killing him now Mm -hmm. won't make any difference. It's, like, this episode, they literally summon Samane, which is... A Seal. A Seal that Mm -hmm. was broken. And it didn't matter that they immediately exercised him back to hell. Mm. The seal was still Still broken broken. regardless because he was summoned at all. Yeah. So it's certainly a really interesting discussion. Are you finding, and I'm asking this sort of, not necessarily just this episode in particular, but just in general. One of the things that you were talking about that you disliked in the first couple of seasons was that the plot was too sporadic. Like you just sort of got nothing and then you got like a whole bunch of information. Yeah. It was either, like, fucking Glacier or you got everything in a single episode and they just expected you to absorb it all. Yeah. Are you finding that it is... Oh, yeah, the pacing of this season is way better. Way better? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was hoping that you would think that because I think that seasons four and five, in terms of, like, overarching plot, like, when you get information and, like, the sort of procedure of it all is way more... Like, I I don't think it's, like, a perfectly paced show. It's also not badly paced anymore. Like, you know, like, it is It is perfectly acceptable. There is yeah. nothing wrong with it. It's like, it's, you know, if you've got terrible on the left and perfect on the right, it's somewhere between, like, 
mid the midway point. 75%. At like it's somewhere between I would say like maybe 55 and 80%. Mm. Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Like is it perfectly paced? No. Mm-hmm. But also in like the scheme of things. In the scheme of things, it doesn't matter. It is like if the first season was like 40%, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere in that like not the worst paced show I've ever seen, but also <laughs> certainly not like not the even best. mediocre. Yeah. Like this one's definitely it's 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 definitely an improvement. It's definitely an improvement. Cool. It's like yeah. The other thing that I wanted to check in with is like obviously this episode we get like a lot more a lot more cast content. This yeah. is the most cast content we've had as of yet. Yeah. How are we feeling about cast and also by extension like angels in general? Because now you've met Mur- Uriel as well. Like Did you almost say Muriel? I did almost say Muriel. Okay, so I do quite like Cass. I, I do quite like Cash. Yeah. The the Gangel really is. <laughs> but I kind of hate Uriel. Yeah. Like, not going to lie. Like, I kind of hate Uriel. He just... In a way that you, like, you hate the character, like, in the same way that you're, like, supposed to hate them so you don't like them. Or, like, you just genuinely don't I like just, the character. I don't know. It Like, it, it's like they did something so interesting with Cass and then Uriel just feels very bland by comparison. And, like, I don't think it's, like, the actor's fault or anything. No, I, I just think he's phenomenal. Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of interviews and stuff with, like, Misha who mm-hmm. said, like, you know, he was like, I-, I played Cass really out of touch. Like, he doesn't really know anything about humans. Like, he hasn't been down there. And, like, and then no one else did the same thing. Yeah. Like, and it's like, oh, yeah. Like, they're really not doing the same thing. And, like, I'm kind of disappointed because I think that gives, like, a really interesting, like, element. Mm-hmm. to the angels of like this sort of thing of like well technically they're meant to protect humanity but also they know fucking nothing about humanity yeah they're so, so they like, haven't been down here in 2000 years like they don't know the slang you know like i just think that uriel's not that interesting yeah <laughs> like as a character i just think he's kind of like he's an asshole like okay so he's just kind of like uh antagonist whatever yeah yeah okay cool Cool. Like, but we like there Cass. Is, yeah, I like Cass, but there's nothing about Uriel that really compels me to be like, oh, I want to like know more about this character. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, what about angels just generally? If they're gonna be like Uriel, I don't want to meet anymore. Like, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> like, cool. give me interesting angels or don't give me angels. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I I'm very worried that they're just gonna have all of the angels sort of be like a monolith, like what they've done with demons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm. You've surely noticed by now that I live for the demons that are distinct and different. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, the average, like, demons that you get, like, the, the fucking... The crossroad demons. The stuff. crossroad demons. Uh, all the demons that were in, like, the Magnificent Seven, yeah. the Seven Deadly Sins, mm-hmm. the demons in Spin City. In Spin City? Spin <laughs> that sounds like a, uh 80s, like, yeah. spin cycle workout. Yeah. <laughs> They're just, like, very, like, bland and boring to me. Like, I... But, like, Meg fucking slaps. Yeah. Ruby fucking slaps. Yeah. Like, fucking... Uh, Lilith slaps. hmm hmm You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just, like... I'm really hoping that the angels, we get more that are, like, distinct and unique and different mm-hmm. and less that are just, like, carbon copies yeah. of like Uriel. What's really interesting about Angels, and I don't think that this is spoilery, so I will like tell you about it and we'll get to discuss it more as we go on, is that they were designed to be carbon copies. Yeah. So whenever you get an angel that doesn't behave like a carbon copy, the implication is that there is something wrong with them. 
like they're generally outcast from the rest of their species. And Cass is very interesting to come back to over the seasons, the more that you learn about him and about angels in general and about like, you know, how they think of Cass. It's it's certainly I, I can't get into it too much, obviously because yeah. of spoilers. But it's No, just tell me the entire plot development <laughs> in regards to Cass. It's fine. But yeah, Doesn't count as spoilers. So sure. whenever whenever we get an angel that is like super unique in that sense, it generally means that they are I don't know how to describe it, but like basically there's like a uniformity to angels. And whenever yeah. they step outside of that uniformity, it's like there's a, a massive discretion. Like, like it's like a excommunicable def- offense. There's a reason they stepped away from that conformity and that like Yeah. And they usually do so in quite a distinctive and dramatic fashion. Yeah. Like it Because if you're going It's sort of all or nothing. Either you're breaking the mold or you're a perfect uniform soldier. Like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There is no in between. Like you you don't just kind of break the rules. Exactly. You might as well go all or nothing because even just kind of breaking the rules gets you in trouble anyway. So it's like Exactly, which is why Cass admitting to Dean what their true orders were and like admitting that he has these doubts and admitting that he has questions and that he's not sure in the righteous orders of God, like that admission, like it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you put it into context, it's actually not only a massive risk, mm. but also like such a like personal and potentially detrimental admission. It's it's almost very human of him. Like, yeah. From what I can tell, like all of the other angel, well, all, all of the, all the, the one other that you know of and hey, the hey, other hey. that you're theorizing. <laughs> the the other angel we've met is like disdain wants nothing to do with humans. Like mm-hmm. Cass loves humanity. Yeah. That's a like he says it in this fucking episode. He's like, Well, they're they're my father's creations, I gotta love them. They're like a piece of art. They're mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like Monet's. <laughs> Great from far away, trash up close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Look, I just, I wanted to get your thoughts on, like, how you're sitting yeah. with angels. Because we will get, as this season goes on, we're going to really deep dive into a few more angels and uh, into the next season as well. So I wanted to sort of get your thoughts and opinions before we sort of, like, get into that. I'm just fixating on the fact that their orders were to follow Dean's orders. Like, mm. like that's telling me something. Mm. I don't know what, but something. Yeah. Dana's leader of Heaven's Army, 2K22. And then it becomes the question, is Dean leader of Heaven's Army because Sam is leader of Hell's? Or is Sam leader of Hell's Army because Dean's leader of Heaven's? What came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. <laughs> like, who who made their selection first? Mm. You know, like, you know what I mean? Because presumably... Yeah. Like, is one a tactical reaction to the other? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like, presumably they've both been chosen for a reason. I'm just going to assume it's canon at this point. Like, I, This I'm, is the canon in your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. James' so, canon time. Assuming they've both been chosen, mm-hmm. and they've both been chosen for a reason, mm-hmm. or were they both chosen because of John and Mary? Is there oh, something okay. about John and Mary that has meant that these they're chosen like chosen now? You know what I mean? Is like, this is this linking into your genetic yeah. theory? Okay. Do you want to elaborate? 
Or you can leave it there for the minute. Well, it's like clearly one of the reasons like that we canonically know Held chose Sam is because of Mary and her hunting experience. Okay. Oh, okay. We, I see how we, you're going. Yeah. We know that canonically. Yeah. And like from from that episode, we sort of got that like her family has been hunting for a long time. Yeah. It's like generations. Of... It's a the generations of hunters. Yeah. So it's sort of like is that one of the reasons why this family specifically was targeted? Okay, so you think that it was made to do with specifically Mary and John yeah. as, like, parents rather than necessarily... Maybe them as parents or maybe just, like, their family history or their family tree or something like that. Like, their... Okay, so basically you think it goes back further than just Sam and Dane. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so it's sort of, like, the family was chosen and then it still becomes, like, who got in first? Was yeah. it the angels or the demons? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, did the demons just go like, oh, dibs on Sam? Like, yeah. <laughs> so essentially, no matter which one came first, Sam or They were whether... going to be chosen and it was just a matter of which one got chosen by who. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the family was special. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they were, like, For supernaturally some significant. They were so- supernaturally significant. And so, like, they both wanted to choose a child of... Mary and John. Mm. And then it was just like whoever got in first got first pick. So maybe like the angels got in first. They chose Dean because he was the the firstborn. And then like the demons were like, fucking, we're getting Sam. We take Sam. Yeah. Okay. I still just don't understand why the deal was fucking necessary. (laughs) I don't know, man. What did it say? They'll say like red tape. You'd like, you gotta hate it or something. Plot twist. There's a secret third Winchester child who was chosen by purgatory. Okay, there is an episode in season five called The Song Remains the Same. And I think that... I have heard that title. I think that you will enjoy that episode. Love it, hate it, or love to hate it. Yeah. I think think that that episode is going to be very fun for you. Particularly for, like, Mary John stuff. I think that episode is going to be really fun. Okay. I'll take your word for it, I guess. (laughs) So... Did you have any other points in general? Or is that... I have one final question. Okay. Have I said anything today that will result in all capital messages <laughs> to you from any one of our fellow podcasters? Quite possibly. Okay. Quite possibly. So, Jamie, how would you rate, out of five, this episode of Supernatural? I think I'm going to give it... A four out of five. Okay, cool. I'd give it a three and a half, but it's got Cass in it, so it's an extra half a point for Cass. I love that. Oh, okay. Okay, I have a question. I know we're wrapping up, but I have a question. Okay, yeah. Is Cass, of the three, Sam, Dean, Cass? Yeah. I'm assuming from the look on your face that Cass is the number one. Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, cool. I'm just curious, because like up to this point, you've been like, I don't really care about Sam and Dean, but we like Cass. Yeah. yeah? So we were all right when we were like, Jamie, Cass is the thing that you'll like. <laughs> I was really, really hoping that you would like Cass, and I'm glad. Cass is not my favorite character. No, but of the three, he is my favorite of the three. I Mm -hmm. think is the the way to put the distinction. Yeah, okay. Because you know, it's very well established who your (laughs) favorite character. Who's my favorite character? (laughs) So okay, and look, I'm telling you, if we don't see Meg this season, I'm quitting. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Please at least, please at least stick out through Kripke era, please. But I just want more Meg. That's absolutely fair and valid. 
The next episode is titled Wishful Thinking. Uh-huh. Yep. Do you have any thoughts, feelings, fears, predictions? Ooh, wishful thinking. Maybe like like a wishing well? Okay. That's like secretly evil. Like you know how in Bad Day at Black Rock yeah. they have like the lucky rabbit's foot. Which is all well and good while you have the lucky rabbit's foot, but as soon yeah. as you lose it, it's like shit. Murder central. Yeah. Like something like that, but like a wishing well? Like okay. where it's like or like even like a, like sort of like a genie sort of thing where it's like they grant your wish but it's always like so kind twisted. of malicious like mm-hmm. like you know sort of taking the wishes and like twisting them into yeah. something like evil. It's like a an intentional misinterpretation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Like a malicious interpretation of the wish. Okay. Cool. So that just about does it for today's episode. If you wanted to interact with us any more than just listening to us waffle on in your ears for like an hour every week, you can always find us on any of our socials. The link tree will be in the description. And if you wanted to have a chat with us, some suggested topics of conversation could include... Ooh, Meg, but if she was an angel. Ooh, hot take. Yeah. I don't even know how that would work. Yeah. Okay. But like, still Meg, but make her an angel. To be clear, I don't think Meg is an angel. Yeah. I just want an AU where Meg is an angel. I don't, I can't imagine it. Like, it's not that I don't like it. I just literally, I'm like, my brain is like, error 404. (laughs) Like, I can't see it. Okay, well, talk to Jamie about that. Maybe (laughs) she's just fully, like, shut down my entire brain. The goal of the podcast. (laughs) Oh, your favourite memes that use the term greetings blood freak because i that phrase i it's just so funny to me i adore it i it's hilarious so any any variations of it please send them my way in in my in my like my framework no actual spoilers who do we think is the most specialist ball boy of the two and was chosen first by their respective team see okay this is difficult because dean's older yeah so like do we think Dean was chosen before Sam was born? Mm. But then or, it's like the timeline of Azazel having it 10 years. So yeah. theoretically, Sam could have been chosen and then they chose Dean retroactively. Yeah. Like Dean was born and Hell was like, well, I guess that's not our kid. All right. Look, this sounds like a fun discussion for the Discord. So maybe like head on over there and we'll have a chat about it. If you've never seen the show before, this is probably your perfect time to chime in on, on your theories. But anyway, um, thank you so much for listening. And hopefully we have you back next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Jesus Christ.